Welcome to A Teaspoon of Healing, where we explore the pathways to wellness and vibrant living. Listen to personal stories of healing and interviews with experts. It's time to open a doorway to healing in your life through positive changes. Here is your host, Dawn Damari. Hi, I'm Dawn Damari, and you're listening to A Teaspoon of Healing. This is episode 20 of the podcast. Yay, I'm so excited that you're here with me on this journey, and we are at episode 20. And this episode is going to be about healing yourself, and by doing that, healing the world. As many of you might notice, the world is definitely in need of healing. So my guest today is definitely going to share a lot of tips about that. My guest today is Suzanne Hanna from the Global Healing Collective. And she is also a psychotherapist and an author. And what Suzanne does is take people on healing journeys inside and out through wilderness walks. And on the wilderness walks, you also take an internal walk into your psyche and heal yourself. And we discuss how healing that is for the world. If we all healed ourselves, faced our demons and our personal darkness, we could heal the world. That's the only thing we can control. Suzanne also shares her personal journey of emotional healing. And to do this, Suzanne walked over a thousand miles in the wilderness throughout America's national parks. So we'll hear about that as well. If you want to hear past episodes of this podcast, download transcripts, or read my blog, visit teaspoonofhealing.com. And if you do not subscribe to this podcast yet on iTunes, you can do so. I'd love it if you did. And if you gave me a review and a star rating. This podcast is for informational purposes only and does not constitute medical advice. Please consult a physician or other health professional before undertaking changes in lifestyle or wellness habits. The author claims no responsibility to any person or entity for any liability, loss, or damage caused or alleged to be caused directly or indirectly as a result of use, application, or interpretation of the information presented herein. And before we get into our interview, let's hear from one of our sponsors, Goth Tours. Hi, this is Goff, owner of Goff Tours, specializing in stand-up paddleboarding or surfing lessons. I even do snorkeling. You can reach me here. Orange County has what you're looking for. You can contact me via email at gofftours at gmail.com or mobile number is 949-338-5937, gofftours.com. I'm Dawn Damari, and you're listening to A Teaspoon of Healing. Well, today I have a guest, Suzanne Hanna, Executive Director of the Global Healing Collective. And Suzanne is based in Boulder, Colorado. Hi, Suzanne. Hi, Dawn. I'm so glad to be here. I'm so glad that you're here. Thank you so much for joining me today on A Teaspoon of Healing. I love that name, by the way. <laughs> well, thank you. It took a long time to come up with this name when I was thinking about making this podcast. And I like the name of your organization, Global Healing Collective. That's what this world needs right now. Mm -hmm. So Suzanne, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about your background? Sure. So I started out probably close to 20 years ago now and developed a private practice in New York City as a psychotherapist. And after about 
oh, I don't know, maybe 15 years in private practice. One day, one of my clients didn't show up for a session. And I remember sitting in my office, surrounded by those same four walls that I'd been staring at for 15 years. And I just felt really called to do something greater. I knew that I wanted to go out and help more people. I also wanted to be out beyond the four walls, which felt incredibly limiting to me at that time. And so part of my inspiration came through a 10-week-old golden retriever puppy that I synchronistically got during that time. I was in a really, really unhealthy relationship. And my dog inspired me to actually go and hike a 1,000 miles across the United States on a solo journey. And it was through that process that I actually felt very divinely guided to develop my program called the Wilderness Walk, which is basically I lead people and guide people on nine-week heroes' journeys into the wilderness within them and also into the wilderness without. And through that collective that I began to create through all the people who signed up for the Wilderness Walk, I remember we were sitting one night and we were all talking and one of the Wilderness Walker said, you know, imagine what could get created if each and every one of us were able to send out ripples of healing based on our own internal healing. And through those conversations, I started thinking about what could be done from the micro level that could be brought into the macro level. And that's when Global Healing Collective was born. And basically, our number one mission is that we support purpose-driven businesses and visionaries and entrepreneurs who are really looking to create sustainable change in the world. And so one of the things that we realized is that if we don't nourish the leader, then the business can't flourish. And as an entrepreneur, I've been doing this for 25 years and I've been through divorce. I've been through loss. I've been through chronic illness. I've been through heartbreak. And very often when we're going through all these things in our personal lives, our businesses begin to suffer. And so one of the things that we thought about was if we could really support the leader in their own personal growth, then their business could be sustainable and could flourish and therefore impact more people and more lives. And so that is what our mission is all about. Wonderful. I like that. And going back to the wilderness walk. So first of all, you walked, you said a thousand miles. So you went from New York City and where did you end up? Oh, I went to 37 states, about 17 national parks. And I did it over the course Mm -hmm. off and on over three years. And so I've been pretty much everywhere from the Southeast to the Great Lakes region to the West, the Northeast. So I I pretty much covered most of the United States. And that must have been very healing. Like you said, you were in a bad relationship, like many of us have been. And and so you really found that to be healing. And do you find it also to be healing with others when they're walking in nature? Yeah. So for me, it was really the fact that I had reached a bottom in my own life. I felt I was what I call suffering an emotional and spiritual death of sorts. And I had 
been in a very successful private practice, but I knew that I had outgrown what I had started. I also knew that I had outgrown the relationship that I was in, and I knew I needed to make a radical change. And so for me, one of my greatest fears that I have had oh, pretty much the majority of my life was my fear of being alone. And from the time I was 18 years old until I was 40, I had never been alone. I had been in one relationship after another relationship. And I knew that I needed to confront that fear head on if I was going to make any type of sustainable or radical change. And so for me, I'm always one of those people, I, I like to take courageous leaps and So I figured spending 10 hours a day in the vast wilderness of the United States by myself with nothing but my dog and a backpack would certainly help me to confront that fear. Yes, and it did, right? Absolutely. I mean, one of the things that I talk about in the Wilderness Walk is that most of us have spent a lifetime running from our fear, our shame, our sadness, our grief, our self-doubt. And we do everything we possibly can to avoid it or distract from it or numb it. And one of the things that I feel really called to do is to help people face those aspects of themselves face on so that they can feel internally liberated and go out in the world and do what they were divinely created to do. That's wonderful. And so you also are a writer and an author. Do you want to share any of the works you've done or... And is it related to healing at all? Oh, absolutely. So I'm in the process of writing a book called A Year on a Wilderness Walk, which is based partly on my story and partly on what I've created through the Wilderness Walk movement. And I've also written many articles and blogs and things of that sort. And I, you know, one of the things that I love to do is lead people on guided journeys. So part of my book, A Year on a Wilderness Walk, is really about that and how People can lead themselves on these journeys in the comfort of their own home and also feel the ability to create a profound transformation by just facing those things within them. You know, a lot of people refer to those places as the shadow or the darkness, but we can never get to a place of peace or internal freedom until we can integrate both the dark and the light. And that is what leads us to wholeness. Yeah, I like that the dark and the light. And by facing these internal fears or demons or whatever people want to call them, then that's very healing to get past them. And you had mentioned something that you had a hard time being alone. There's a lot of people like that, that been in relationships from 18 until whenever they can remember. It's something that a lot of, probably a lot of women, but even probably a lot of men struggle with being alone, you know, instead of jumping from one branch to another, from one relationship to another, to be able to face that space alone. Yeah, absolutely. And I think one of the things, like I said before, is that we have all kinds of amazing creative ways of distracting ourselves. And sometimes that's distracting ourselves in relationship where we can focus on somebody else as opposed to ourselves, or we focus on numbing out with food or alcohol or drugs, or we might even numb out in being a workaholic or in our busyness. But we're conditioned as human beings to do everything we possibly can to avoid discomfort. And my job is to actually lead people into those uncomfortable places. So actually what most people don't understand is that 
our greatest source of wisdom lies in those places. And as long as we're avoiding them, we never really get to know who we are at an authentic level. We don't really ever get to understand what our life's purpose is. We never really get into healthy relationships where we can flourish and thrive. We don't get to sustain our businesses because we eventually go into self-sabotage. So to me, the single most important thing that anyone can do in their lifetime is to face those pieces of themselves that they've been spending their lifetime running from. Absolutely. And so the wilderness walks can definitely help with that. As you said, is there anything else people can do to face those fears? Besides, I guess, therapy, you know? Yeah, I mean, and it's, it's different for everybody. I mean, there are a lot of people who find their way through AA programs or through other types of addiction models. There are many people who go to therapy, go to healers, might find it through meditation or prayer or come on a wilderness walk. There are many, many healing modalities out there. And I think we have to find what really resonates with us. For me, I find nature to be a very powerful conduit for healing. And as we all know, for those who have read Brene Brown's book, she brought out this last year, Braving the Wilderness, we all know that we all have an internal wilderness as well. And that is those aspects of ourselves, those shadow aspects that we have spent a lifetime running from. So my job is to take courageous souls on that journey so that they can get to a sense of internal freedom. Nice. That's wonderful what you're doing. Now, the Global Healing Collective, where did you get the idea to make that? And what is the mission of this collective? Global Healing Collective was actually birthed from a conversation I had within my Wilderness Walk community where we really saw that by doing internal healing, that we were able to impact our relationships, our businesses, we were able to impact all of the people in our lives. And so we wanted to bring that to a greater macro level. And one of the things that we do is, as I said, we support entrepreneurs and visionaries in not only their own individual healing, but also as a way to support and flourish their businesses. And we talk about a lot of times the front door and the back door. And in the front door, a lot of people can look very good. Their businesses can look like they're thriving. We see this as people post pictures on Facebook and everybody sees this very pristine front room. And in the back room, there are many of us that are struggling with divorce. We're struggling with high levels of anxiety, financial stress. We're struggling with relationship challenges. And often that part of ourselves gets ignored because we fixate so much on the external piece and not the internal piece. And what we want to do is we want to support the leader from the inside out instead of the outside in. So do you think, you know, the word global healing collective, the world right now, and it's probably always been this way, but right now we're in the present. It seems to need healing. What can people do individually to heal the world? I, a lot of people are seeing what's going on in the world and it seems to be moving so fast. Everything seems to be moving so fast and the news is just constantly negative. I usually block a lot of it out, but I don't know if that's the right answer, blocking things out. So what can people do? 
Yeah. So what most people don't understand is that the external experience that we're seeing in the world is actually just a mere reflection of our internal experience. And I think a lot of people don't really see that because we have this tendency to think that it's about someone else and not about us. But the truth is we all have anger and divisiveness and bigotry and racism and fear and doubt that lives within each and every one of us. And all of all that we're seeing outside is a reflection of what's going on collectively inside. And so if we really want to change the world and we really want to see things shift on a global level, then we each need to do our own part individually. And I think what's happened for most people is that there's such an immense amount of fear at looking at those aspects of ourselves that we focus on, well, that's about them, not about me. But if we really look at it from the perspective of we all have rage, we all have a tendency for violent thoughts. Some of us don't act on them, but they exist within us. And I think we have to really look at that. We have to address that. Otherwise, there's no way that from an energetic level or a collective level, we can shift what's going on outside of us. You know, recently, we all know about some of these school shootings that have been happening. And if we look at these individuals that have been committing these crimes, these are people who are an immense amount of pain. And what we don't want to see is that we look at them as crazy or somehow sociopathic or different. But if we each take the time and look within ourselves, don't we all have a sense of the times where we could feel rage? The key difference between them and us is that many of us can find ways not to act out that rage or not act out that pain on that kind of global scale or that kind of horrific crime. And yet it lives within each and every one of us. And we have a tendency to find ways to numb it or to distract ourselves from it. It doesn't mean it goes away. All we're doing is suppressing it in some way. And it does impact the people we're in relationship with. It does impact our businesses. It does impact our community because whatever we're not willing to address, I always say to people, whatever we don't face will lead to our undoing. And whether that's on an individual scale or on a collective scale, we are all being called to look at these pieces within ourselves so that we can shift the trajectory of where we're headed. That's a really good point. It's true. A lot of us do feel rage. A lot of us do feel extreme sadness, just like those people who committed you know, the school shootings or these workplace shootings. And yes, people will point out, oh, they're crazy. They're sociopathic. And maybe some of them are, but people don't see the pain they've been through, you know, the bullying. But, you know, most of us also have been bullied, have been excluded. But most of us don't get to that point where we're going to, you know, we're going to do these act, these horrific acts. Right. What we don't see is that it's a spectrum, mm -hmm. right? So for instance, one of the things that I know is universal is that not one of us has been through the course of our life without experiencing pain. Pain is a universal experience. We all go through it. And there are different gradations of pain. There are some people who've suffered from abuse, sexual or physical. There have been people who have suffered from neglect or 
rejection. And again, those are all universal experiences in many, many ways, but there's different levels of it. So if you think of pain, the people who can commit a crime like, you know, the school shooters, or as you said, the shooters of some of these workplace environments or situations, those are just people who are in such a tense amount of pain, and they haven't been given the resources or the ability or the expertise or the healing in order to get to a place where they're not acting out that rage. There are many of us on a different end of the spectrum where we actually have spent time healing those pieces of ourselves, aspects of ourselves, that we might have greater resources to get that healing. So it's just a spectrum and we're all on the spectrum. We're just at different places on that same spectrum. So what do you think society can do or I don't know if the schools can do anything. I'll just always look at the government, but what can we all do? I'm not saying we can prevent it, but there's got to be something that we can do. We can all heal our own wounds because that's how we control. That's the only thing we can control. We can't control what the government does. We can't control what other people do, but we can control healing our own wounds. And that if each of us took that responsibility, things would change dramatically. And what can people do to heal their own wounds? Is it the same modalities you were mentioning, whether it's wilderness or therapy? It all starts with first acknowledging that we even have wounds in the first place. You know, some people can't even get to the place where they acknowledge that. But everybody has to find what resonates with them. As I said, there are many people who find it within addiction models and programs, or many people who find it through therapy or through other healing modalities. But I think the biggest thing is first and foremost is the call to action to do it in the first place. You know, we are a very stubborn species where we have to wait till we're hit over our heads with a two by four before we're willing to change. For me, I had to be in a very toxic, unhealthy relationship. I had to have a health issue. I had to have all of these experiences happening in my life before I was ready to really make change. Sometimes pain is the greatest catalyst for that. Because we get to a place where we're at a pain threshold, and then we say enough, we want to create something new. And for other people, it's a choice. They don't want to wait till it gets to that point and they choose it. So it depends on each of us as an individual. I like to think that I am aware enough now in my life that I choose it as opposed to having to wait for an experience to happen where I don't feel like I have a choice. But you know, either way, we're all going to be brought to our knees at some point or another because that's the way the universe works. And we're all being called to go deeper so that we can go higher. Now, what do you do? What do you suggest people do? Say someone has done some of their own healing, whether that's through addiction recovery, therapy, meditation, wilderness walks, and they've healed themselves. How do they handle other people in their lives Sometimes when you go through that healing, you find out maybe your relationship isn't working or you're realizing, oh my goodness, my friends are walking all over me or I have very toxic people at my workplace. So how do they establish boundaries or deal with maybe these changes that have happened with themselves and the changing relationships? Yeah, I love that you're asking that question. You know, the biggest thing is that when we change, everything around us changes and one of the things that happens, and I tell this to everyone who goes on a wilderness walk, is you can't unring that bell. Once you know something, you can't pretend it doesn't exist anymore because if you do or you try, it's actually even more painful. 
So for instance, if you're in an unhealthy relationship and you do some of the deeper work, you can no longer stay in denial of the fact that the relationship is unhealthy. So you do one of two things. You either speak your truth and you address the issues in the relationship and you work together on creating change or the relationship ends. But either way, when you change, everything around you changes. Sometimes it's having to let go of relationships. We're letting go of friendships. Sometimes it's about leaving certain toxic job environments. The key is, is though the beautiful thing and the hard thing is that when we change, then we can no longer live life with blinders on. You're right. And I can imagine. And there's probably an awakening that happens when you're healing. It's There's probably, it's not really a negative reaction to it, but do you find that maybe when people are first, when all this stuff is coming up, that they might react a lot of crying or some depression or some kind of low energy right when it's kind of being cleared? I mean, I've had Reiki done and that, that happens sometimes afterwards when it's being cleared. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I always say to people, sometimes it gets worse before it gets better. And the reason being is because you're excavating all of these things within your, you know, I, I talk a lot about cellular healing, that each cell in your body holds a memory. And when you're doing some deep cellular healing, all of that comes to the surface for the purpose of being healed and released. So sometimes initially it can feel worse before it gets better. And at the same time, what it begins to happen, as I was just talking about, is that as we begin to heal these things, we start to see things very differently. We look at life through a different lens. We're no longer able to live in denial or avoidance. And if we try to, it becomes much, much more painful. So it absolutely sometimes can feel like it gets worse before it gets better. But if we truly want to get to a place of internal freedom, and if we truly want to get to a place of living life more authentically, then it's a journey we all have to take. Wonderful. Now, the Global Healing Collective has an event coming up this September called the Walk Fest. Yes, we are so excited about this. So Global Healing Collective is now, right now we've been in the building phase of the nonprofit organization, and we are launching with a very, very large, more than 500 people event in Idaho Springs, Colorado in September. We're bringing together visionaries and change makers and creatives and entrepreneurs and innovators from all over the world who are going to be gathering at this beautiful outdoor venue in the Rocky Mountains. And we're going to be having speakers like Sean Korn and Dr. Shafali and Eddie Panero and Barbara Brown Taylor and Raj Sisodia. And we're also going to be doing creative sessions and there's going to be art and there's going to be experiential stuff, meditation, yoga. It's going to be just really an incredible, incredible experience. Something that I believe will be life-changing for many. So I invite anybody who wants to join us at that gathering in September, Idaho Springs, if you, all I can say is if there's anyone out there listening who wants to create a larger impact in the world, that's the event to be at. Wonderful. So how can people find out more information about this event? Yeah, you can go to WalkFest event, W-A-L-K-F-E-S-T event, E-V-E-N-T, all one word, dot com. And if you want to learn more about Global Healing Collective, you can go to globalhealingcollective.org. Great. And everything is on the website, like how to sign up and what you should bring. 
You can get tickets on the website. You can look at our lineup that's on the website. We have all of our programming on there. We talk about our mission and what we're creating. And yeah, like I said, it's just going to be an amazing, amazing gathering with some really incredible people. Sounds wonderful. I'd like to go to it. I'm going to check it out. Better come, Don. I'm counting on it. All right. Well, (laughs) is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners before we sign off? I would just, you know, say, I mean, if there's one thing that I could shout from a mountaintop to anybody, and it is just this, is that we don't need to suffer. The thing is, is that if we just find the courage, and I believe we all have 20 seconds of insane courage within us to start a healing path, to be able to face and confront all of the things within us that frighten us or that we don't want to see or we don't want to acknowledge. That is the biggest gift that we can give to our loved ones, the biggest gift we can give to our businesses and what we want to create in the world. And that is how we create a ripple effect of healing and change on a global level. Wonderful. I love that. And I know it will resonate with people as well. Well, thank you so much, Suzanne, for joining me today on A Teaspoon of Healing. Thank you so much, Don. And I'm looking forward to meeting you at WalkFest. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it too. I'm really seriously going to check it out. It sounds really fun. Great. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of A Teaspoon of Healing. If you have any questions for me or for Suzanne, visit my website, teaspoonofhealing.com. Click on contact, fill out the form. I'll get back to you. You can also email me dawn at teaspoonofhealing.com. Visit my Instagram at Teaspoon of Healing or my Facebook, facebook.com slash Teaspoon of Healing. If you're an iTunes subscriber and you listen to this podcast on iTunes, I'd love it if you gave me a review and a star rating. I'll talk to you again next week. Thank you for listening to A Teaspoon of Healing with Dawn Damari, your home for wellness and vibrant living. For more resources on wellness and vibrant living, visit us online at teaspoonofhealing.com. This podcast is for informational purposes only and does not constitute medical advice. Please consult a physician or other health professional before undertaking changes in lifestyle or wellness habits. The author claims no responsibility to any person or entity for any liability, loss, or damage caused or alleged to be caused directly or indirectly as a result of use, application, or interpretation of the information presented herein. 